Good morning, River City Church. We're so happy to have you with us this morning. If you're joining us online, hello. Please say hi in the back. Bill's usually pretty good about being able to say hi and for us on behalf of us in the room. <laughs> um, but we're glad that you're here with us this morning. If it's your first time here, welcome. We're glad that you are joining us this morning. Um, I'm going to be reading Psalm 23 um, from the Passion Translation, which is a different translation than we often read from. And you're going to notice different touches that are just a little bit different because this Sunday is Creative Sunday. And so you're going to see us um, move into that space a little bit more in different ways throughout the service. Um, And hopefully we see God in new ways, in bigger ways, um, in more majestic ways this morning as we do so. There will be images on the screen for you to reflect um, as I read, if you would like, or if you would like to close your eyes while and just listen, that is um, totally up to you. Psalm 23 says, Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace near the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me the right path and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my cup overflows. So why would I fear the future? Only goodness and tender love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. If you'll stand with me. God, I thank you that we can trust that you are good and faithful. That you are faithful to be good to your word. That every promise can be an anchor for our souls through the darkest of valleys and the highest of mountaintops. Would you be with us this morning? May your name be lifted high and glorified higher than anything else. May your name be be made known. Be with us this morning and may we be present with you. This morning for prayers of the people, um, we're going to carry on with the theme of creativity. And I'm going to invite Christian and Alex, also my dad, <laughs> um, up. And you are going to have the opportunity to hear parts of prayers of the people in three different languages. And what is neat about the Holy Spirit is even when Rachel led us in Spanish is that the Holy Spirit is the same. And so even if you don't speak French or if you don't speak Spanish, what is true is that it doesn't prohibit us from still interceding from the very things they are praying for. Because 
I don't speak their languages, but I know the Jesus that they know. And so that means that I can join in with them. And so it is still participatory in nature, even if they are not speaking your first or maybe even second tongue. And so my dad is gonna be praying for the global church in Spanish. And Christian is gonna pray for world events in French. And I will close this out with local in English. So I urge you and encourage you to not just watch, but to participate and to be blessed and encouraged by the moving of the Spirit in multiple languages. Señor, gracias por mandando Jesucristo. Gracias por tu palabra que está moviendo por todo el mundo. Señor, con el Espíritu Santo, siempre está aquí con nosotros. Siempre está al lado de nosotros. Gracias por todo tu amor, que tú muriste para mí y todo el mundo. Tú estés ayer y ahora y mañana. Que siempre estemos pendientes de tu, tu cariño para nosotros. Y que nosotros estamos pendientes a tu Espíritu Santo. Gracias por tu palabra. Amén. Seigneur Dieu, Père éternel, te disons merci pour ta grâce et ta bonté. Seigneur Dieu, je tiens à te demander de donner ta grâce pour, nous, pour mes frères de l'Est. Je tiens à te demander de les garder, de les protéger. Et je tiens aussi à te demander de poser ta main à tes enfants qui, qui souffrent pour l'inondation qui se passe à l'est de l'Europe, car seul toi peux tous nous aider avec ta grâce et ta bonté, Seigneur. Tu es le sauveur de toute l'humanité. Je te dis merci pour ta bonté et ta grâce. Au nom tout puissant de ton fils, Jésus, j'ai ainsi prié, je te dis Amen. And we pray for this local community of River City Church. And I thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I thank you that you are, your promise is that every nation and every tongue will glorify your name. We pray specifically for Leslie and for leadership as there's logistical conversations about our lease and where we stand. God, we thank you that we are not positioned in fear, but we can trust that you're gonna put us exactly where you want us to be and you'll supply all funds and resources necessary for us to be there. Give Leslie an assurance and a confidence that she hears your voice and that you go before her in every conversation, in every phone call and every email in every room. May she know that she's not carrying that alone. We pray for August as it comes rolling around and as ETS starts to take off and shape and form and group season starts back up and youth becomes 
back in the forefront. God, I pray that you would guide our community towards loving you with each other really well, that that would be the fruit of this season, that we would love you really well and we would do it together and that your name would be made famous, that Smyrna would look different because of how well we love each other and how, we, how well we love the community of Smyrna. I thank you for your sweetness and your tenderness, that there's no valley that we can walk through where you are not with us. That's your promise, is that you will not leave us or forsake us. And so for any of us that are in this room, where the darkness just feels so dark and we can't see the light and we can't see our way out, where loneliness feels a lot more real than the calls of community, where depression feels far more real than joy. God, I just pray that you would remind us each specifically in a way that we hear you and understand you and see you, that you are with us and that you would breathe hope into those spaces. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven this morning. It's in your name that we pray. I'm going to, I have the privilege of introducing our speaker today, our very own service coordinator, Mariah Cruz, our resident firestorm of creativity. She's going to bring a word today, so bring it, Mariah. Love that. That's great. Guys, it's kind of wild that I'm up here and I'm not just about to give announcements and pop right off the stage. Whew, pray for me today. And it's, um, it's my gift. It's my honor to be up here. It's also ironic. About six months ago, I was in Josh's office with Becca, actually. And he asked what seemed like a really innocent question. He was like, hey, Mariah, do you think you would ever preach one day? To which I gave a very emphatic, absolutely not. No, never. I would never preach. And a little bit of a confession, I actually like made a bet on it. So, Josh, I don't have a million dollars for you, but you did get me up here. And I will get you some coffee or something because you did win out. And this is actually how he got me up here. He, it was Creative Sunday. He offered Creative Sunday, and that's my favorite Sunday. So for many of you don't, who don't know, a lot of my family's here, we do our Sundays by rhythm. So the very first Sunday, we do celebration. We have testimonies. The second Sunday is contemplative. We have longer prayer times. And then our fourth Sunday, you know, is Family Sunday. But the third Sunday is Creative Sunday. And on this Sunday, we go before God with kind of a spirit of openness. We just keep our eyes open and try to explore new ways that we can interact with God. And so Creative Sunday is so near and dear to me. So it's my privilege to preach from it. It's also my challenge to preach about creativity because... As soon as I said the word creative, some of you guys like checked out. Like you checked out, your phones went up, and that's okay, right? Because creativity is a very divisive word. You either are creative or you're not, right? So they say. So this morning, I'd like us to expand our view of what creativity is. 
I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be the kind of speaker that likes participation. It's gonna be awkward for you, it's gonna be fun for me, but I'm on stage, so just like bless me with your obliging. So everybody just start with your hands up, right? Everyone just raise your hands. Hands raised, hands raised. Awesome, thank you. So if you already know, keep your hands up, not done. If you already know that you're creative, just go ahead and put your hands down. If you're a part of my tribe, you know you're creative, you're artistic, put your hands down. Awesome. And if you are like a kid or a teenager and you're in the room, that imagination, just go ahead and put your hands down. You've just been gifted with creativity. All right, whose hands are still up? Awesome. So you guys are my target audience this morning. You're actually who I'm preaching to this morning. Everybody else, like, pay attention, right? So awesome. So some more things. You can keep your hands kind of up in your heart. But if you do any decision-making in your job, if you are given an option and you have to think through it, what's the best route, you could have put your hands down, right? And if you are someone who puts things in order, if you take chaos and you put it into order, maybe you clean, maybe you balance books, you could have put your hands down. And then finally, if there was any hands raised, if you just identify as a child of God, your hands would have been down. Right, amen? Amen. Um, so everyone's hands are down, so we all agree that we are either creative or we are creative-minded, right? So now we can all go together this morning. Now we know this sermon's for all of us. So if you would, we're just going to start off with some prayer. Whew, Father God, what a gift. What a gift to be here and to have your people's attention. God, I don't hold that lightly this morning, and so Holy Spirit, I just invite you into a room that you've already been in, but I just pray that you give me only your words. Do away with my agenda or my notes if you want to go wild, and just give me the words that you would have me speak to your people this morning. God, may they know who they are in the kingdom, and may they know who you are. I pray this morning that hearts are open and softened, and defenses are down, and they just can have an encounter with you, God. And if they don't hear anything else, just that they walk away knowing that you love them. Be with me, God. Give me the words. Um, but I already know that you will, because you're a good God. So we just rest in your goodness this morning. And in your name we pray, amen. 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 Awesome. All right, so this morning, I obviously am talking about creativity, but I wanted to break from the very traditional lens in which we think of creativity. So I'm not going to talk too much about art, our spoken word, our visual aesthetics, although those are aspects of creativity and we love them and they're often celebrated. This morning, I want to talk about creativity and how it pertains to spiritual formation. If you've been following with us this year, you know that we've kind of done a kick on equipping the saints, right? And the way that we do that is learning the practices of Jesus and then incorporating them in our lives so that we look more like Jesus, so that we're more spiritually formed in his likeness. And so this morning, I want to preach from that lens. So we just did an exercise, um, kind of against your will, in which we all found out that we are creative, right? And so for some of you guys, maybe that didn't completely convince you, so we're going to go back in scripture, and we're going to like hash that out a little bit more. But first, I want to give you our working definition of creativity this morning, because there's lots of ways that you can take creativity. So I googled it this morning, and the, di the dictionary said that the definition of creativity is the ability to create, to use one's imagination to create original ideas and solutions and decision-making. So in case you didn't believe me in my little poll, this is what the dictionary says. 
you can trust that. Um, and if you're like, eh, whatever, let's just read what the Bible says. You can't argue with the word of God. Amen? Amen. Awesome. So if you would, just open up with me to the very easiest book of the Bible, easiest verse, Genesis 1-1. Awesome. And so it says, and you can read it with me, actually. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So in the beginning, he what? Created. So the very first thing that we know about God and the story of mankind is that we have a God and he is creating something. So if he's creating something, then he is a creator, which means he is creative. Are you following with me, church? We're going to break it down real easy. So he's a creator. So if we jump down to verse 12, we'll see what kind of creator he is. So it says, the land produced vegetation and all sorts of seed-bearing plants and the trees with seed-bearing fruits and their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind. Here's the part that I want you to follow. And he saw that it was good. In my Bible, it says he was pleased. If you've ever done like an art class, it's very rare to walk away and be like, wow, that was really good. I did a great job. Like, so he's confident. So he did a great job. He literally said, I saw that it was good. I created something and I did a good job. So we have a creator who is creative, and he is very good at his job, right? That's what the scripture says. You can't argue it. So what does that have to do with us? If we look even further down in the passage, we're going to look at verse 26. We find that we are made in his image. So it says, God created human beings in his own image, and in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This morning I was reading from my Bible, and it says, he made them like his maker. He made them like their maker, and in the image of God, he made them. He made us like him. And so if we know that God is creative, and we are made in his image, then we can say that we are imbued with some level of creativity, right? Because we're made in the image of a creative God, so that's in us. And we've already decided through the dictionary, through a poll, through the word of God, that we are creative. So we have no more excuses. So let's further uh, substantiate that claim. If you want to go with me to 20, let's see, we'll go to a little further down. Um, there we are. Awesome. So verse 19. So it says, the Lord formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky, and he brought them to man to see what he would call them. So I'm going to pause right there. So mankind is created, and he's created in his image. And the very first job that God gives him is to go name the animals. The very first thing that mankind ever does is a creative act, okay? And on top of that, he says whatever he names them, that will be so. It's going to be their name. That's creative freedom. How poetic is that, right? So he's given creative work. He's given a creative authority, and he's given creative freedom. How much freedom do you have to give someone to name someone a giraffe or a zebra? Like, y'all, even in the Hebrew, that's a weird name. God gave us a lot of freedom in that first part. So we have this, like, co-working relationship with God under the beginning. And God let him name whatever he wants because he trusted him. He trusted Adam to create under his direction, right? So I need you to hold on to that. Thank you. <laughs> And what we see throughout Scripture, um, what we see throughout the arc of Scripture is the same pattern. It's divinely inspired individuals doing creative endeavors that are pivotal in the story of mankind. You see it with Noah, who becomes a craftsman, who builds an ark that saves the world from extinction, right? You find it with Joseph, who interprets dreams, and then he creates a strategy in a system that saves a nation from famine, 
and that you see Jochebed, who is the mother of Moses, who creatively makes a basket and saves her son from genocide. All very different forms of creativity, but all creative acts, divinely inspired by God. So the question, one, is like, why is he so creative with us, right? Why does he, why does he want us to be so creative? And so I want you to keep that tucked away, that like, you're creative and God is creative. And while I don't know why he wants us to co-create with him, he does and he empowers us to. And so the crowning jewel in the Old Testament of this creative relationship is the tabernacle. So you have the people of Israel, they've just come out of slavery. If you read the chapter before, they tried their own kind of creative endeavor and tried to make an idol, didn't really work out for them, wasn't their best work. And so a couple chapters down, God gives them actual direction, right? And so if you read it, I'm going to save you from reading four chapters, but it is four good chapters. I invite you to go read it when you go at home at the end of Exodus, where he gives them everything they would need to know. So we are going to read a few things of that. And so in this chapter, you'll find he tells them what kind of wood to use and what kind of jewels he wants, what kind of gold, how to build it out. He gives them four chapters, four very specific chapters. God is like, he's got a vision, okay, and he shares it with us. What I find interesting about that, though, is the calling on the people he asked to create. So if you would um, pull up Exodus 35, verse 9. And so he says, take a sacred offering for the Lord. Let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord, gold, silver, and bronze. And then if you read further down to verse 10, come all of you who are gifted craftsmen, construct everything that the Lord had commanded. Now, when I was reading that, that's where I got caught up. And that's probably where a lot of people get caught up. Like, okay, come all who are gifted craftsmen. Well, then that instantly counts me out, right? I'm not gifted in that creative, artistic way. But think about the Israelites. They're all slaves. They all had some form of craftsmanship. That was not not an insane request for them. This is actually a wide-range net. They lived their entire life. Their only meaning was to be able to create for Egyptians. So for God to say, bring your craftsmen, that's everybody. That's a very wide net. And then go a little bit further down to verse 22. And it says, both men and women came, amen, amen, all who were willing. And so I want you to just really lean on that for a moment. He has four chapters of the kind of temple he wants to create and how he wants to create it. And only three verses of that chapter is who he's inviting. So God is inviting us all into creative work, and he doesn't have a high level of entry of who is qualified. And here's why, right? Because he equips them to do the work. He doesn't need you to already have the skill set. He's God. He could have built a tabernacle by himself. So he's just going to equip the people who are willing, who are generous, who come before him with open hearts and open hands. And that's who he's equipping to do his work, right? And so the tabernacle is this really beautiful collaboration between God and man where we create something beyond our wildest dreams for his glory and his inhabitation. So how does that fit for us nowadays? While I still believe that God wants to create beautiful things and and structure and those things, I think the psalmist David was really on to something. And I think that he has some insight of what God really longs to create. So in Psalm 51.10, I love this one. It's one of my favorites. David said, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. 
And I think it's interesting that he uses the word create, create in me specifically, because it's almost like he has this insight that God can not only influence and create his external reality, but God can influence his internal reality, right? So he understands that God is the creator of not only the spiritual, but the physical, not only the external, but the internal. He realizes that God is a creator that not only can fight and win a battle, but that can calm the raging in his mind, right? That God can split the Red Sea, but unite a family, right? God can calm a storm and then still your anxious heart. So God is the God that is the God of every realm. And so he understands that, and it's so amazing that he does because he doesn't even have the Holy Spirit in the way that we understand him, Right? And so this insight gives us a little bit of foreshadowing to what God wants to do later on. So when we get to the New Testament, we have Pentecost, right? The shining example, our biggest gift, where Holy Spirit comes. So the Holy Spirit comes. The sky opens up. Holy Spirit rains down. And now all of the believers in every generation to come now has the very same God in them. The God that lived in the tabernacle now lives in the sanctuary of your soul. And when I think about that, I'm like, wow, that's so awesome. I'm so used to hearing that, right? But just think about it. The God who of old, the God that you read about in your Bible, is the same God that chooses to make your heart his dwelling place. And if that God had four pages, four chapters that we know of, of detailed instruction of what he wanted his temple to look like, do we think that that God all of a sudden no longer cares about where he dwells? When I tell you I got got this week studying for this lesson, buckle up because it's good. It's good. Yeah, so we think that he doesn't care. He cares about the residence that he lives in. He cares about the nature of our soul. Right, And so in the old tabernacle, we had jewels and gold and wood and cedar. What do we use now, though, to build our new inner sanctuary? What does God want us to use to build? And so I would say that the substance of our soul, the kind of dwelling that he wants to live in, is something that mirrors his nature. Fruits of the spirit, right? So it's not just gold, it's generosity, it's not wood, it's gentleness. It's meekness. This is what he wants to reside in. That's the home that he wants to live in. That's what he wants to build in us. And so the same God who had this collaborative spirit in the tabernacle is the same creative spirit who wants to equip you as you begin to design your own inner sanctuary. Same God. And so this morning I'd like to suggest that spiritual formation is a dynamic and a creative process. And that spiritual formation is actually the tool, it's the paintbrush in which we design the inner sanctuary of our soul. Um, and I want to suggest that this is not a huge thing, but it's actually a really exciting thing because we want, we long to be a place that God wants to reside, right? And so when we look at spiritual formation and we look at it as a tool and not just like the very point, it begins to take shape and there's a grace that's with it. So maybe we're talking about silence and solitude, but we think of it as the tool. And what it creates in us is a receptive spirit that can hear God. 
right? Maybe we look at celebration not just as celebration, but as a tool that allows us to celebrate God and to understand his goodness no matter what happens. Maybe we look at Sabbath as a tool that it lets our spirit come into rest. And I think that there's something so empowering about that because we have so many passive Christians who are walking around and they want the fruit of the spirit, but they don't know how to access it. And they can pray for it, right? We pray like, like the psalmist did, give us a clean heart, but then we stop there. We have no idea what to do. And God is saying, pick up your tools, right? You are overworked and you're tired and I want to give you rest. I'm giving you the tool of Sabbath. Use it. And so now we have this process and now we have this vision and God is inviting us to partner with him in the work. And so I think that it's really important that we just begin to understand who we are. That's why I kept harping so much of, are you creative? Is God creative? Because I want to empower you this morning. I want you to know that like who you are comes with the gifting of Christ and that he has given us everything that we need to be in his likeness. Right? He wants us to grow alongside us. He could have changed the tabernacle. He could have built it overnight, just like he could change our heart overnight. But there is something about the walking alongside us that is very important for God. Even in Eden, co-creation was important to him. And so co-creation now is still important to him. And we're not building tabernacles, but we're building good people. We're building souls that reflect the nature of our God. And it's an even better building, right? It's an even better building. Um, and so the way that we know that we can do this well is we're not doing it alone. We're not walking alone in this. And so if we look at Exodus 35, please. Awesome. So Exodus 35 says, Then Moses told the people of Israel, The Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, the son of Uri, grandson of blah, 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 blah. He chose him, right? So it says, The Spirit of God... <laughs> filled this man, the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, expertise, and all crafts. So going back to where we talked about before, he imbued him with every gifting that he needed to build the sanctuary. And the same God is going to give us every gifting that we need in order for us to be who, we've, who he's asked us to be. And later on, what we see in this, in my Bible, I love this translation, but it says that... This is a defining feature, right, of why he chose him. It says, he filled him with the spirit of God, and he made him so, so that he would teach his skill to others. So when we talk about the tabernacle, yes, it's good for us, and it's good for us to live and be in, in union with God, and it's good for us to not be so stressed and not be so overworked. But the tabernacle was never just for God. It was for the community. And we are not just for ourselves. We are for the community. We are for the world around us. And so we build from a place of for the world around us. It is a collaborative work with God for the restoration of the world, right? And it starts there, but it's meant to go out to here. And that is why he equipped him. He didn't just equip him so he would be walking around with this beautiful sanctuary that he wasn't going to share. Just like he's not going to equip you with a spirit of gentleness and meekness and patience simply for you to be locked in your closet just praying to Jesus, those skills come out in relationship. He's building us in his likeness so that we are in relationship with the world and we are being Jesus towards them. Amen. And it's important that we know that that is why we have the gifting on us because it's meant to be poured out. It's meant to be shared. It's never meant to just be for yourself. 
And so we're invited into this really beautiful creative endeavor. In Ephesians, if you pull up Ephesians 2, please. Awesome. So it says, you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are children of the city of the holy ones, with all the rights of a family member of the household of God. And you were rising up like perfectly fitted stones of the temple. And your lives have been built up together. And the foundation has been laid from the apostles and the prophets. And best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. The entire building is under construction and continually growing under his supervision until it rises up completed as a holy temple of the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies. I just want to go back and read that one more time. God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies, his dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. And we also read um, in Philippians 1.6, it says, I'm confident that he who began a good work in you will perfect it into the day of our Lord and Savior. Which means that he is building in us, and he will continue to build in us into the day that God comes back. And so we are works and arts in project, Right? Or in progress, sorry. <laughs> We're works in progress. And so it's important that we begin to posture ourselves of this creative freedom that we've been given, right? That spiritual formation isn't this static thing. It's not just something that we pick up. It's how we become the temple of God. That's our in route. And it's great because so many of us want that and we don't know how to get it. And the Lord made it so clear. The entire word the entire word of God now becomes those four chapters in Exodus where he says, this is what I want the temple to look like. It looks like this. This is the pattern. This becomes the model. This becomes the vision of what we're moving towards. And so this morning I want to, as we kind of wrap up, I want to pray. But I want to pray for something really specific. So I understand the creative process is hard. This week as I was preparing this sermon, I am a poet, I'm a writer, I love this kind of stuff, and I had like a breakdown. I was like, God, this is hard. It's so hard co-creating with you. And so I understand that when we step into that wild creative space, that we don't always know where to begin. We don't know where to start, and we don't know what it's supposed to look like. And even when we think of our, our souls using art as an analogy, some of us are paintings that are half finished, and we don't even know what God's painting in us. And that feels wild, and that feels disarming and hard to deal with, and you don't know what he's making in you. And some of us are near the end, and we see this beautiful painting, this collaboration that God has built in us, and we can begin to share, like, this is what it looks like when he paints this. This is what it feels like. And we begin to speak into that and teach others, right? But when we're in the creative process, we don't know where to begin all the time. And so that's where we go to God in submission. And so this morning... You may not know where to begin. You may not know what's the very first thing that God wants to begin to shape in you or where your heart cries out. And so if you look at these lovely little handouts that Alyssa made, we have a couple of options for you. And Becca, if you want to pop up, we're going to start to wind. 
And so maybe this morning you need God to be a God of courage. Maybe you've been fearful of stepping in to the places that he's called you to. Maybe you know that what you're painting is stick figures and he's wanting to do a masterpiece and so he has something bigger than what you feel that you're equipped to do. So maybe this morning you need God's creative authority to paint courage in you. And maybe this morning it's peace. Maybe you have so many wars in your everyday life and your spirit just feels stressed and tired and weary and you don't know what comes next and you just need God to begin to teach you what it looks like to be a picture of peace. And maybe it's joy. 2020 sucked and 2021 has got hands. It's not better, right? (laughs) It's not so much better. And so maybe you've felt the weight of that and you felt the burden and the heaviness and maybe you're saying, God, when I look at the canvas, all I see is darkness. Teach me how to paint joy. And maybe it's sovereignty. Maybe being creative is not hard for you and you have picked up your tool brush and you have gone to the canvas and you are painting your own thing. You have your own vision. Anybody else? That was me. Had my own vision of what I wanted and it was so hard to give God the tool brush and say, okay, I think you can create something better. I don't know. It's been really comfortable in my hands this whole time. And maybe you need to learn just how to co-create with God and what you need to paint in him is his sovereignty. And then maybe it's love. Maybe being in community and relationship is hard for you. It's not inviting. You don't want to do ETS groups. It sounds terrible. And maybe what he needs to create in you is this heart of love towards him, towards yourself even, towards your neighbor. And then there's one that's blank because I don't speak for the Holy Spirit all the time, right? Sometimes he has something that he wants to say, or she has something that she wants to say that's different. And so you get to know what that is. Only you and God know what that thing is that you want him to paint. And so I wanted to create a little space this morning, and we're going to have a few people come up and pray. So if I can have Nancy here, Nancy's going to pray for love. And this morning, if you're sensing what you want God to paint, in your heart is love, then you're going to go to this part of the room and just wait till I finish giving all of them, and she's going to pray for love. See, she's already the perfect person. She's already hugging people. Guys, if you need love, go to her because there's an anointing on her. And then sovereignty. We're going to have Alex in that back corner, and he's going to pray for sovereignty. Maybe you've been going your own way, and you need God to just really take control. We're going to pray for that this morning. And then joy. If I can have you, Leslie, right here, we're going to pray for joy. And then Tina, if you would go to that back corner there, we're going to pray for peace. Peace is what you need this morning. And then Don, beautiful. If you would come to this back area right here, we're going to pray for courage. If you need courage this morning, if you need to be empowered, That's where we're going to pray. And then for those of us who don't even know what it is, or we know and it wasn't on this limited piece of paper of suggestions, and you have more of a creative thought of what you need this morning, if you would, you're going to come up here and we're going to pray together because I'm in that same space. And so for those of you who are watching online, I would love for you to also just begin to interact Do you need love? Do you need sovereignty? Is it joy? Is it peace? Is it courage? Or is it something yet unnamed?
And so I'm going to close this out this morning. And, and when you're done praying in your groups, you're welcome to go home. But I just want to bless you before. God, these people are your canvas. And it is our heart's desire to look like our creator. God, we thank you that you give us creative freedom and you give us creative authority, but that it is always under your direction. God, we thank you that you are a God that from the very beginning has wanted to co-create. Hopefully this morning we understand that more now. Holy Spirit, empower these people. Show them their tools, God. Show them what you want to paint in them and show them how to do it. May we be a blessing not only for you, but for the community around us. And I thank you for loving them and allowing me to love them this morning as well. In your name we pray, amen. So again, if you want to pray for love, we'll be right here. If you'd like to pray for sovereignty, we'll be back there. Joy, peace, courage, the wild unknown. If you want to just take your little piece of paper, rip off what you need, we'll break off into prayer. Thank you so much for letting me steward this space and your time. All right, so you're welcome to keep praying if you are still in the mist. And if you're done praying, you're welcome to still stay in the spirit of worship, but you can do it at home if you'd like. And for our live stream, thank you so much for being with us this morning. I uh, bless you and I send you off in peace. All right, have a great week, guys. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.